thank you so much for being here today at the Southern Alberta Council for Public Affairs. Today we have an exciting topic planned, but first a couple of housekeeping items as you find your seat. A quick reminder to please turn off your cell phones and pagers if you have them. Uh, and I am Curtis Goodman. I will be the moderator for today's session. Today's session will be recorded by Shaw TV and will be rebroadcast twice daily at 2 and 10 p.m. So you can always catch it again. Don't forget to pay for today's lunch, $12 in the basket. And if somebody could take the initiative to count and make sure we have a full tally there, that would be much appreciated. A big thank you to uh, Country Kitchen Catering for uh, a wonderful lunch that they're preparing as we speak. We will have a 25 to 30 minute presentation from our presenter today, followed by lunch and then question and answer. And we should all be out of here by 1.30. And today's topic, using virtual reality. What are the benefits and the risks? Our speaker will be Chris Hodgson. Chris is a digital journalism instructor in the digital communications and media department at Lethbridge College. He is currently pursuing his master's in virtual reality, 360 degree storytelling through the University of Alberta's Masters of Arts in Communication and Technology program. Hodgson's varied background includes work for weekly newspapers across Western Canada, working for economic development agencies in Leduc, Nisku, and Lethbridge, as well as working as a wind energy community liaison with the Lethbridge College's International Wind Energy Academy advocating for renewable energy adoption. And without further ado, may I introduce Chris, Chris Hodgson. All right, well, good afternoon. Thanks for uh, showing up today. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this topic, so hopefully you will be too by the end of it. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for the great introduction. So I teach at uh, Lethbridge College and uh, pursuing my master's in this area right now. So I could blab forever. So Curtis will cut me off when I'm, uh, I need to stop talking. So we'll see how this goes. Here's just a little funny cartoon to kick things off. <laughs> People in virtual reality glasses. Hey, look, your husband's doing the dishes. Hey, your husband's vacuuming. This could be your reality, so. All right, so I, I'm a journalism instructor and I come from the print world, uh, working for weekly newspapers in Parksville, Westlock, Athabasca, Beaumont and Devon. And uh, from that experience and, and from my experience teaching in the classroom, uh, there's a lot of evolution in the field of journalism uh, to embrace this kind of new technology. And virtual reality is, is one more tool in the toolkit that we're preparing these students for once they graduate from this two-year program. So in about a week's time, we have our mock disaster on March 25th, where we'll be uh, filming our mock disaster in 360 degrees. And some people call it virtual reality. So there will be an opportunity once this video is complete that you can view it with the goggles. And so that's, that's very exciting. And so we've partnered with uh, people like Global News because our alumni is Troy Reeb out of Toronto and he's the vice president of Global. And they're just starting to get into this new version of storytelling. Uh, there's also a company out of Calgary called Mammoth Virtual Reality, as well as a couple companies here in Lethbridge, that being Neospatial and uh, Output Media. So all of these companies are all interested in this new form of storytelling, and, and we'll get into it in a, in a little bit. So I'll, I'll start off with the doom and gloom, kind of the risks about what's happening with this technology, and then I'll get into the happy ending, so um, bear with me. 
So just like I said, this is what uh, is kind of on, in, in store for us today. So what the heck is this guy doing? <laughs> Doesn't this look goofy? And who would actually want to have one of these things strapped to their heads? So this is what uh, is known as Oculus Rift. This is one of these new virtual reality gaming platforms where you put a visor over your head and you put speakers over your ears and you become totally engaged in another environment. So there's incredible potential for this. Uh, think of school trips, elementary kids, high school kids, university colleges. Uh, you could be traveling to Thailand with your entire class and you don't even have to spend a dollar. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of neat things. So these, these gadgets that are in their hands, these hand controllers, allow the person to actually move through this virtual environment that's totally recreated uh, just using computer animation. So there's those versions of stories with computer animated. And then as well, there is uh, the actual journalism aspect of it. And I'll separate those two ideas a little bit later on. So as you can see right now, the, the technology is limited in the, the tethers and cords that kind of have you trapped or connected to a desktop computer for some of these high-powered machines like Oculus Rift and the Vive. Uh, just some interesting things that will be happening in the, in the development and evolution as this platform moves forward. So some keywords to think about when it comes to virtual reality. Immersion is a big one because you're totally immersed in this environment. Almost all your senses are locked off, which can be quite overwhelming for some and sometimes too much for people to take. But uh, that's, that's one of the keywords. Another one is duality of presence. So you feel like, for example, we're sitting here in the basement of the keg, but at the same time, you could be anywhere in the world. And so that duality of presence and kind of coming to terms with being in two places at once. And then finally, empathy. And this really relates to what's happening in journalism. And when you think of global events, and we were triggered by that photo of that poor boy that washed ashore um, with the Syrian refugee crisis. And that kind of triggered global compassion for people to get involved. Now imagine you're in the midst of the Syrian conflict in a 360 degree story, and now suddenly you're in the midst of wildfire that's going on all around you and in the midst of, of fighting and conflict. And will that increase our empathy? Will we be more concerned about global events? Or will it just be something else that we become desensitized about? So lots of potential here. Okay, so the risks. So with any kind of technology, there's, there's too much of a bad thing. And um, whether it's our, our cell phones that we're so addicted to these days, or it's our computers, it's on the internet, um, drug addiction, any kind of addiction, too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. <laughs> Here's a nice conversation between a bunch of adolescents right now. So they might be all talking to each other, but we couldn't tell. Uh, one of my favorite writers is uh, Sherry Turkle, and she's an MIT professor and a uh, very fascinating woman who has done research in this field for the past 30 years. So she just came out with this book. I'm excited that I just bought it from Chapters. It's all about being alone together and talking about we're so driven. This technology is actually changing our lives, and it's kind of like wag the dog. It's kind of making us catch up or adopt to how things are evolving, and the technology is moving so quickly it's very overwhelming. And it's talking about losing this raw human part of being with each other. So 
Good thing I'm actually virtually here in this room. <laughs> I'm not Skyping in, I'm not coming from somewhere else. So just, we're losing this ability to simply connect with each other. And, and sometimes we're even noticing it at Lethbridge College because students are so connected to their cell phones, they are afraid to go out and talk to people. They're afraid to go and make those cold calls or do those interviews with people. So we, we set them up and we get them going with public talks like this or debates or, or things like that, just to start to break them out of this mold that they've become so accustomed to. So she is known as a technological determinist. So that's kind of like on one side of the scale. There's the other uh, side, which is like social constructivism. But with its determinism, it's talking about parents are too busy now. When you go to the playground, they're texting instead of paying attention to what's actually happening to their kids. And kids are getting hurt on the playground. These kids are extremely lonely. We're giving everybody the impression we aren't really there for them. It's toxic. So of course, she's an extremist with some of her views. But it's really good to keep these things in mind as we look at our cell phones 400 times a day, or whatever it is. This idea of escapism, and, and it's already happening in different ways in our world because we're so fed up with this reality or our existence or whatever's happening in our lives, we need some reason to escape. So there could be this fear of virtual reality. Will people ever want to leave their homes? Same thing is happening with the internet these days. It didn't take virtual reality to bring us to this place. Uh, Ray Kurzweil, he's a futurist. He said back in 2003, and he's predicting by 2030, and it might be already happening. Virtual reality will be totally realistic and compelling, and we'll spend most of our time in virtual environments. This is a good thing. This is a bad thing. So escapism, again, it's not a new concept. We love our comic books because it takes us out of this world to look at these superheroes. Talking about there's this great fascination these days with superhero movies. You see it again and again. Movies being made over and over. Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, uh, Iron Man, all these things. People love to look up to these idols that don't exist. It happens in TV shows too, like ideas of Breaking Bad. And this is quite an interesting case if you haven't seen the show. It's very powerful. It's about a chemistry school teacher who is diagnosed with cancer. And because he's so desperate, stuck in the American healthcare system, he starts selling and creating meth. And he starts selling it in the drug trade. And it's just this incredible story that ran for a multitude of seasons. It's very fantastical. And you would wonder if it actually would happen in real life. But again, it's these ideas of escapism. We get so caught up in these TV shows, whatever they are, and sometimes we prefer what's going on on TV compared to what's happening in our own lives. Here's another one, video games. So again, I'm just trying to tell you, this is not anything new. This has been happening for many years. Virtual reality could just be another avenue for people to escape to. Here's some tragic things that have happened, and they're uh, anomalies. So they, they didn't happen a multitude of times. Think about this 13-year-old who was playing this game for 36 hours. They committed suicide because they wanted to join in with these characters in this online environment. Or a three-year-old girl dies because her mom was playing this game for 15 hours straight, ignored her. Um, or this uh, former World of Warcraft player, living inside World of Warcraft seemed preferable to the drudgery of everyday life. So 
these things are happening and they have been happening. So we shouldn't be so concerned about what this new technology brings. It's all about education and hopefully that's where at least we're hoping at Lethbridge College that we kind of come into this role. Social media is another example. You have Instagram, you have uh, Snapchat now, you have Facebook. People interacting in these uh, social media environments and presenting the best version of themselves, the best photos of them where it shows them in the best light and with photography and uh, or showing only the happy things that are going on this in their lives. And then you start to have people looking and competing with one another about what they're doing in their lives and they're wondering are they missing out and they start to get depressed because their life is not as glamorous as their friend down the street who's very rich and can afford these tropical vacations every year. Okay, let's switch gears. Too much pessimism. Uh, so I teach in the School of Meaning Design and we have four different programs. Uh, I didn't list all four, I should have thrown an extra slide in here, but uh, we have interior design, we have fashion and sustainable clothing, and we also have multimedia production, and then we have digital communications and media. So journalism, interior design, multimedia, which is like gaming, website design and things like that, and then uh, our program. So in multimedia, these students are already starting to create virtual reality games for these headsets so that they can play and they can design them for computer developers. And so that's incredible. If these students can do this in a two-year program, they're be going to become that much more employable by the time of their two-year diploma. So they're, again, somebody else in one of these fancy little headsets playing along. Interior design technology is fascinating, and the real estate industry is already embracing this very much so. So you can have virtual tours, and you can actually walk through a home without actually going to that open house. Now with the interior design program at the college, what we're doing is actually creating these homes before they're even mocked up, so somebody can walk through what their future home may look like and decide what they want for the color of their walls, what they want for carpets, what kind of blinds do they want, what color of pillows do they want on that couch. So these designs are, are being mocked up and it's amazing the potential for uh, the housing industry and, and what's happening there. So very interesting. And then in digital communications media, like I said, mock disasters coming up in a week's time. We're going to be filming this in 360 degrees. Students are already creating content for radio, for television, for a newspaper, for a magazine, and for online, for our internet website, Lethbridge Campus Media. We're giving them one more tool in their tool uh, set where they will be able to create these virtual reality or 360 degree stories um, to provide yet one more way to tell a story. Does anybody remember this movie, Minority Report with Tom Cruise? So the future is here. So virtual reality journalism uh, is when you're recreating a scene, sometimes using animation and sometimes using actors. So that's when a lot of animation comes into play. And it might be, um, again, it could be a recreation of a bomb going off in the middle of Syria, or it could be some other uh, opportunity to recreate a scene um, using animation. 360 degree video is simply actually taking footage of what's happening at that point in time. There's no manipulation. So if you look around, depending on how it's put together, you could see the person filming this video because you can see all the way around you. 
And it doesn't give you a cue of where to look. It gives you this complete freedom to look wherever you want, all around you, down, up, everywhere. And, and so that's going on. So I went to this uh, conference uh, at the end of February called Story Summit. It talks about how big this space of virtual reality is. It's quite incredible how it's growing. So rattle through these points. So 20 million virtual reality enabled devices are predicted to be in use by 2018. 50 million of these Google Cardboard pieces uh, and the apps that go with them have been downloaded already. On YouTube, again, a simple free social media site, there's 1 billion monthly active users and there's 4 billion views per day. This is incredible. So um, there's great potential to be sharing these stories to wide audiences. 1.6 billion people are on Facebook around the world. In Samsung, so you think of your Samsung Galaxy phones, there's 1 million active users and there's 3 million hours of video being watched. So for the sake of time, I'll just kind of keep on rattling through here. Um, but Dylan Pierce was one of the speakers at this conference. He talked about empathy in virtual reality. He said it's through the roof. It's one of the biggest focuses in journalism because you connect your viewer with the story in a way you could never do so before. as such this big personal connection to it. So it's, it's really interesting to see how that is unfolding. I won't give away what is going to be our, our, uh, our actual mock disaster, but students in the criminal justice, the EMT, the nursing program, and the journalism program will all be descending on this event, and in the space of two hours, they will have to write a story, the cops will have to respond to it like it's a real emergency, nurses will have to tend to the victims, and the EMT or paramedics will have to take the victims away in an ambulance, and we're doing this all at the college on Saturday the 25th. This mock disaster to give people an, an idea of what can happen when something goes wrong and how they can respond to it. So this is always a great event every year where it gets four different programs at the college involved and it's extremely successful. And students usually talk about it after they graduate as something that sticks with them. So this is the first year we're gonna be filming it using this device here. This is a Samsung Galaxy 360 degree camera. So on one side you have a lens that can see 180 degrees. On the other side of that same camera is another lens seeing 180 degrees. And all we have to do is plant it in that room and walk away. And we're gonna plant about four of them around that room so that we can edit and stitch it together into a news story that makes sense so people can understand what actually happened that day. And eventually we're gonna look at creating training videos for the cops and for the paramedics and for the journalists and for like a choose your own adventure about going through a scenario and how to respond in real time to something that's unfolding. What do you do in this situation? Do you tend to this victim or do you tend to that victim first? What's nice is that our phones can display what's happening while that's being filmed at the exact same time. So if there's any technological glitches, any technology blips, uh, we can right away see what's going on. So in, in as far as what's happening in the journalism world, Vice News is a group out of uh, Montreal. They started with a magazine. Now they're on HBO. They really push the envelope in their storytelling, sometimes way too far, but it's edgy journalism, and young people are being attracted to it because they feel it's cutting through the clutter. 
So Vice News, they took two cameras initially, these GoPro cameras, and they simply grabbed a bunch of duct tape and they wrapped that together and that, that was their first 360-degree video. And so I met with the guys from Vice in Banff just to hear what they're doing. So everybody is kind of stumbling through the starting phases of storytelling in 360 degrees. CNN just launched a full team of dedicated journalists that will be filming in 360 degrees. And then you have something like uh, the New York Times, who's now, they're launching a 360 degree video every day. This one, again, in the midst of conflict. And you can see and you can hear these bullets whizzing around your head while you're hanging out with a sniper on the top of a rooftop. So it takes you right there. And sometimes you think, whoa, this is going way too far. This is way too much. Get this device off my head. Is this going to be the case of how we respond? Maybe. Um, what's happening in the world of virtual reality, too, is that people who are actually soldiers are coming back to Canada, and we have the technology now in North America where they're reliving these war events, and it's an opportunity for them to actually diminish or eliminate completely those feelings of post-traumatic stress disorder. So it's fascinating. You take them back into that conflict zone, and for some reason, it's helping them work through those traumatic memories of being in conflict. For the sake of time, I don't think I'm going to show these two videos, but Chris Milk is somebody who's created a piece for the United Nations on virtual reality, and he really, again, talks about this feeling of empathy and feeling like you care a lot more when you're involved in this 360-degree environment. Noni de la Pena was one of the first, and they call her the godmother of virtual reality journalism because she created this scene of people lined up at a food bank just to simply demonstrate what's happening in food banks across the United States. And somebody has a stroke, and then you get to witness that as you're walking around in this virtual environment. And again, this feeling of empathy is being discussed and this duality of presence and that great feeling of immersion. So... Uh, this is not so far away. Uh, if you know, in Sharing Industrial Park on the north side of Lethbridge, there's two companies that are embracing this technology already. Neospatial, so James Graham from the University of Lethbridge, from the New Media Program, has spun off and started his own business, as well as Bryn Huco, uh, has Output Media. And both of these companies are starting to create uh, different virtual reality environments. So it could be for promotion, for advertising, or it could be for um, Neospatial, what they're doing is actually they're recreating a hospital environment so you can be there right beside when a patient goes inside an MRI unit and so it can be used as a training tool for doctors in the healthcare industry. So lots of different applications for many different industries. Uh, it's not all bad, there's a lot of great potential. So this weekend, um, we are at Park Place Mall where all of these programs that I talked about, we're, we're talking about getting students involved and trying to get them signed up for new programs. We're very passionate and excited about this new possibility for virtual reality and embracing into all four of our programs. And so that's quite exciting. In the world of fashion, you can think of how you can design garments and show what they look like or how they hang off a model to get an idea of how you want to create and stitch that garment. And, and so that's what the fashion world is doing as well. So four applications of it at Lethbridge College. The Wind Energy Group has also created a virtual reality or 360 degree video. 
So you can find out real quick if you're scared of heights because they take you up a training tower right to the top of a wind turbine at 80 meters and you can see uh, how high up that actually is. If you're interested in learning more about what these businesses in Lethbridge are doing, on April 27th at the college we'll have this virtual reality business mixer and you can actually experience what it's like to put on one of these headsets. We'll have a company called VRcade um, who have created this virtual reality arcade, just like it sounds. It's not the traditional pinball that we used to play or, or shoot in pool, but again, it's this virtual reality arcade that's on 3rd Avenue downtown, and they'll be there so you can get to experience what it's like to have this headset on for an Oculus or HTC system. So end of April, that's happening. That's essentially it, so thank you so much for your time. Uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, I'd be happy to talk with you afterwards, but I look forward to, after lunch, chatting a bit further. Thank you.